Are there double standards in comparing the DCU? That seems to be the big question going on right now within Also, we've gotten some, well, long-range box office forecasts for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, and it doesn't look great, but the question that's coming out of this is, who's at fault for all of the failure that has come from the DCEU thus far? And really, what has caused it to come to its demise? So we're going to discuss that and a lot more. Maybe a lot more. I don't know. This might be a short episode on this odd Saturday afternoon episode of Bridging the Geekdoms. What's up? How's it shaking? How are things going? My American brethren out there, how was your Thanksgiving? How was it? Was it delicious? Was it fulfilling? How was your Black Friday shenanigans? Did you get everything you wanted? Did you get that item that you just had to get that was quote-unquote on sale? Hopefully, hopefully you had a good weekend so far. It's been a... Uh, been an interesting week as a dc fan if you want to put it that way it's i i I gotta say you know social media for me this week has been it's been rather pretty much a headache it's it's been insane from you know the snyder bros just don't know how to just accept a loss and you know, they'll sit there and they'll act like, oh, you know, my leader, our leader, you know, just never retreat, always go forward, blah, 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 all that crap. And, you know, because Zach, that's what he said. Look, it's not about accepting defeat. It's about picking your battles. It's about understanding the landscape of the quote unquote battle or the war that you're fighting. And let's be honest here. Everything that has transpired over the last number of years when it comes to the Snyderverse, when it comes to DC, the DCEU, a lot of it could have been avoided. A lot of it could have been, uh, well, not as ridiculous had it not been for the toxicity from the Snyder fans. Let's just put that out there. It is what it is. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, a lot of a lot of information this week. A lot of back and forth. A lot of rhetoric on that on social media this week. I do want to talk about the the, the first thing I want to talk about though is the box office that has popped up. The box long range box office forecast from Box Office Pro on the Twitters. It states that the long range box office forecast for Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom uh, is roughly, uh, let's see, the opening forecast they're saying is between 32 million and 42 million, which honestly isn't terrible. That is not terrible. Uh, We're so used to this superhero genre range being more towards that $100 million range. And 
I what, what have I kept saying or what do I keep saying over week after week after week is we can't sit there. We cannot hold this modern day, this current day superhero genre. We can't hold it to the standards of the past. The genre as a whole has kind of died down. It is it is on the down slope. So that 100, that 75 million to 100 million dollar range for an opening weekend for a superhero film just really isn't feasible. So that 32 to 42 million seems more accurate. I would, I would put, I would put 42 as being what you want to see. 42 to like 60, 40 to 60 is probably what you want to see from a superhero film now. So yeah, this is more on the low side for a superhero film today, but you then have to take into consideration that the DCEU died in 2019. It has been dying since 2019. So you, you can't sit there and say that this is shocking, that these numbers are shocking. That's not to say that we haven't had some decent films, some good films come out of the DCEU since then. I think we've had a number of good films come out of the DCEU since then. But there are some people who would sit there and say that it's all been crap. It's all been terrible. It's all been horrendous. Whatever. Now, they're saying that the domestic total forecast range is 105 to $168 million. Okay, that, that isn't great. Uh, I, I would say that we would probably, for it to be a success, we probably want to see it around that 200 to 250 range, which would probably then internationally give it another 200 to 300 million to give it around that 500 million to 600 million dollar total worldwide to be successful. Again, I don't know how much money they spent on reshoots, how much total it's cost to make this movie. But six hundred million typically is what you want to see these these superhero films making. Uh, and honestly, if it needed to make more than that, this movie was never going to be successful. Again, you have to take at the land, take a look at the landscape of superhero films today. Six hundred million dollars should be that is the the low bar. That is what these studios should be saying. Look. We have to make sure that these movies, as long as we make $600 million, that that's where we start making our profit. After that, that's where we start making our success. This mindset of $800, $900, $1 billion being that they're, this is their success story, this is where they start making money, they can't keep doing that. They can't. And that that is a problem that we've seen time and time again lately. With all these massive reshoots that have been going on. You, you just can't. You can't keep doing that. But this kind of leads me into the topic here of who's to blame for all of this. Who's to blame for the failure of, you know, the potential failure of Aquaman 2? Who's to blame for the failure of Blue Beetle? Who's to blame for the failure of The Flash, of Shazam, of Black Adam? Well, if you ask this idiot over here on Twitter, sell hashtag sell DC DC Olympus, he's going to say Gunn and Saffron are to blame. This is what he says. He literally says another big flop for Gunn and Saffron, and this one is the worst because it 
is a billionaire. Billionaire. This guy had make he can't even write proper English. Is another billionaire franchise. The accumulated loss will surpass 1.5 billions, near two billions. Easy. Damn, what a shit show. I don't think this guy English is his first language because he's pretty terrible at what he's typing there. But on my other account, you know, I said, let me fix this for you. Another flop for Warner Brothers Discovery and Walter Hamada, as well as producer Peter Safran and the Snyders. I, I threw the Snyders in there just to be a, to be a douchebag because basically I was trying to highlight his stupidity of saying that it's Gunn and Safran and really this Safran, but the really highlighting Gunn, I was showing the stupidity of saying Snyder's James Gunn isn't in there at all. Good day, sir. And then Nate had to jump in. Snyder's aren't actually involved though. Neither is gun. And that has been my Ted talk. And then he goes, not, not, you know, not that I said, which isn't true. I was just trying to make my point, but whatever. Okay. So anyway, this is what's going on right now. Everybody, these Snyder bros want to try and make a point about the failing DCEU right now that all of these movies, these last four or five films, which have been failing miserably at the box office, unfortunately, because I thought especially Blue Beetle was fantastic. Blue Beetle was a great time. It was a fun movie. I don't know why people didn't want to go see it. I don't know why people didn't go see it. It was a good movie. Uh, sure. The Flash, I understand that whole issue around that. There's a lot of reasons why people didn't go see that. There's a lot of reasons why people didn't want to see it. There's a lot of reasons why people shouldn't have seen it. I get it. It was still a good movie. But I understand it. Shazam 2, that's another one I really was shocked about. Because the first Shazam was such a fun time. And the second one, while it wasn't as good as the first one, it was still a fun movie. It wasn't, it was a little darker than the first one, but it was still a fun film. Black Adam wasn't terrible. It wasn't, <laughs> look, it wasn't a great movie. It was probably one of The Rock's worst films, but it was still a fun film. So I, I don't understand fully what is going on with all of these I won't say I won't. I don't understand. I understand what's going on with the failures of the DCEU, but the I don't understand why people want to. I don't understand why people can't easily find or realize and understand the failures and why they want to so quickly blame people who aren't at fault. If you understand what I'm saying, this sell DC DC Olympus guy wants to sit there and blame Peter Safran and James Gunn. I understand blaming Saffron. Saffron, you can you can sort of blame there because Saffron was a producer on many of these films. He was. And that's fine. So you blame Saffron for being a producer on these movies. How involved in these movies was he? Because let's not forget, producers are sometimes just producer in name. They may not have any involvement in the movie at all. They could easily, easily just be somebody who found $10,000 in some offshore account to help fund the film. And that's it. So there's, there's, there's way that he could not be involved at all. But again, I get it. You could, because his name is truly attached to many of these movies. I can see you can blame it, but putting gun blaming gun for these films is just asinine. This is just ways that people want to say, well, well, James Gunn is the CEO of DC Studios right now, and, well, 
it's a DC movie, so we gotta blame him. It's not how that works, people. It's not how it goes. This is not this is not a DC Studios film. This is not a movie that James Gunn made. This is not a character that James Gunn helped create this iteration of. And that's what people don't seem to understand. And it's starting to get out of hand. Look, you don't need to like James Gunn. You don't need to like what he's done. You don't need to like how he has handled his comic book movies. That is fine. But don't be an asshole. Don't be one of those people that sit there and put blame on him that he doesn't deserve. If you want to have problems with the Suicide Squad, but yet more power to you. If you don't like the Peacemaker film or uh, show, put blame on James Gunn. That is okay. If you don't like the Guardians of the Galaxy films, that's James Gunn. There you go. But putting the Flash, but it's saying the Flash failed because of James Gunn, saying that Blue Beetle failed because of James Gunn, saying that Shazam failed, saying that Aquaman's going to fail because of James Gunn. That's just idiotic. Well, James Gunn announced his DCU stay before his movies came out. It's all his fault. That's what Snyder Bros. sound like. And you sound idiotic. You're idiotic. As I've said, as I've said, these DCU movies were failing, were failing years, years before James Gunn was involved. Years before James Gunn even wrote the Suicide Squad. Years before James Gunn put a camera, he had a camera rolling for the Suicide Squad. And you want to hear the craziest thing? While those DC films were failing, his Suicide Squad was praised by critics and fans. His Peacemaker show was praised by critics and fans. Think about that for a second. You want to sit there and blame James Gunn. You want to sit there and push back at James Gunn. You want to sit there and say he's the reason for this failure. No. Out of everything that's come out over the last five, six years, well, four years, four years, out of everything that's come out of the four, past four years, that's part of the DCEU, not Zack Snyder's Justice League, not the Batman, not Joker, the DCEU, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad and James Gunn's Peacemaker are the only two projects that have been praised both critically and by the fans. They've been praised by the critics and by the fans. But the Suicide Squad only made $170 million. But that, that had a lot of issues around the pandemic, around marketing, around being rated R, around a whole bunch of other stuff. People just don't want to get into that. They don't want to accept that. They don't want to see that because it doesn't fit the narrative of the Snyder bros. It doesn't fit the narrative of that. So no, Zach or James Gunn is not at fault for the failures of the last four or five DCU movies. They've been failing way before that. And they, and that's why these movies failed. The audience just doesn't care about the, these movies anymore. They don't care. They will. They will start to care. They will start to get excited. They will start. They will start to, you know what? I want to play some music, I think. 
they will start to get excited when they start to see new faces in this franchise. When they start to see new marketing, to see a new direction, an actual direction for the franchise. Not just a bunch of movies thrown against you know, a school where there's no idea where anything is going or heading. That's when they're excited and starting to go back to these films. Brooding, and then there was no They could have had Mark and Brooding. They had a direct direction. You're right. He did. Fans didn't really like that direction, though. Let's face it. And. I say this all the time. You can go back in some of my Twitters. The studio, as much as people want to sit there and say, and and maybe it was in the, oh, it was in this. It was it's in actually not this one. It's in this here somewhere. There's a lot of discussion about these double standards, and that's what we're going to get into now. There's there's these double standards that when you start to talk about the DCU, when you start to talk about the DCEU, people are starting to freak out. And they're like, why? 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 Why is it okay to have all these different characters in the DC? Why are people so excited about having... Hawk Girl and Mr. Terrific and Lois and Jimmy and Lex and Superman, all these characters in this Superman movie. But people were so mad when there was a Batman in, in Superman, Batman v Superman. It wasn't that people were simply mad about Batman being in Batman v Superman. And it wasn't people were mad about having Flash pop up, or Aquaman, or Wonder Woman pop up, or Cyborg pop up, and Batman v Superman. It was people were upset how they were shoehorned in, how they didn't feel that they were given substance to be like, this is the Flash, this is Aquaman, this is Wonder Woman. Yeah, well, they did Wonder Woman pretty well. But that's what people had a problem. I'm not saying I did. I'm saying I understand where people were coming from. I didn't mind it. But the part, the, the area that, that us as Snyder fans, the, the fans need to understand. If you're a fan of Zack Snyder's work, if you're a fan of those movies, you can't just sit there with this dogmatic mind, this idea that everything that you think, everything that you believe in and that you love is 100% perfect and right, and there's no other way of thinking. Because right now, that's all the Snyder Bros act like. It's all the Snyder fans act, well, not fans, but the cultists act like. That's so true. You need to have an open mind. You need to understand that there's some people who just don't like what Zach was doing. And there's a lot of people, not just some, there's a lot of people that didn't like what Zach was doing. And it's not just simply... 
They didn't like the idea that he threw in a bunch of characters into Batman v Superman. It's that they didn't like the story and how it played out and how the characters were brought in. Right now, people are absolutely excited about adding these characters to the movie. All of these characters, Mr. Terrific, Hawkgirl, uh, I can't remember everybody else right now, uh, you know, uh, including all the, the main Superman players. That's all great. That's all exciting. That's all fun. People are going to love this. People are going to like it. I know I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to love it. But what's going to happen is when we see the movie, when we understand the story, when we see what's going on in the story, that's when we're going to realize, that's when we're going to know, does it work? Does it work with what they are doing? Jonah of the Nerd Age on X. I believe the Nerd Age is a podcast. I believe I've uh, actually thrown their name out here on my show a few times. The show's pretty good. I've checked them out. Pretty good. Jonah and I have gone back and forth a few times on Twitter or X quite a few times. Because we're both very, we're similar minded in a lot of things. But one thing that we can't agree on is the way the Snyderverse the way the Snyderverse fandom is. We just can't. We can't come to agreement on things. Uh, let's see. Triton, hey, what's up, man? Hey, Fred, I've got to miss the stream. In around 10 minutes is the first Doctor Who 60th anniversary special. So I'll be busy with that. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Who. I could never get into Doctor Who. I just couldn't do it. I, I watched the first, uh, well, not the first, but I watched the Christopher Ecclestein um, season and... After that was with the David Tennant. I watched like the first two episodes and I just couldn't get into it. I liked Ecclestein, but I just couldn't get into it. I just, I couldn't stick with it. But you enjoy that, man. You enjoy that. Hope you enjoy it. I know a lot of people love Doctor Who. Anyway, Jonah and I, we get into it quite a bit because I, I call out the Snyder Bros on their hypocrisy constantly. I do. I call them out constantly because, look. 2017 to 2021, the release of the Snyder Cut movement was constantly talking about artistic integrity, artistic integrity. But now, the current Snyder bros, fire James Gunn, he isn't allowed to do what he was hired to do. There is hypocrisy there. Hypocrisy. I'm allowed to call out that hypocrisy. Now, am I an asshole for doing so? Do I act maybe a little... uh, <laughs> a little asshole-ish when I do so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but, hey, it's what I do. I don't care. I probably shouldn't, but I do. So, we go into this here. And Jonah goes, the Justice League should have been introduced in prior movies. And he's going, this is what people were saying back in 2016. The Justice League should have been introduced in prior movies. And now, Oh, look at all these characters in the Superman movie. Gun is cooking. That's the kind of garbage that gets old. Double standards. I'm sorry. There's no double standards. Because again, it wasn't just all these characters need to be built up. It was how they were added to the movie. It was how they were added to the movie. 
There was no explanation behind them except for Wonder Woman, essentially. And here's the thing. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But again, as I said, we can't hold when it comes to the financial side of superhero films where we can't hold the same standards today as we did 10 years ago. Story-wise, we can't hold the same standards today as we did 10 years ago, 15 years ago. People have changed. 10, 15 years ago, the general audience, the, the main audience that we were watching these films, they wanted, they wanted the Marvel formula. They did. There were a handful of us who didn't. We didn't want two brands doing the same thing. We didn't want it. I didn't. I know you didn't. Most of you didn't. If you're a Snyder fan, you didn't. If you're a DC fan, you didn't. But the general audience, that's what they were used to. That's what they were comfortable with. That's what they wanted to see. So back then, yeah, there were a lot of people who were like, why didn't we get solo films building up to the Justice League? And they felt that Warner Brothers was rushing. They did. But they also believed, as many of us did, that had they handled it properly, had this BVS film been handled properly, that could have been forgiven. It could have been forgiven. It's a, it is a, uh, an argument that could have been become moot. It could have been an argument that would have been forgotten. It, it could have been an argument that would have been void. However you want to say it, it would have just been gone away. But that's not what happened. BVS became one of the most divisive superhero films of all time. And because of that, an argument such as all superhero movies, or all, all the superheroes in, those, in that movie should have had their own film prior. That argument just continued to grow. Because BVS was such a large film, because it had so much depth and so much story, that these people believe that taking some of that story out and making it its own film would have lessened the amount of story in BVS to allow things to breathe a little bit. That's why. So no, there isn't double standards. Because if it's executed well, then people can be very forgiving. And here's the thing. We know James Gunn, when it comes to an ensemble cast, James Gunn knows how to do an ensemble cast. He knows how to set up a good background story, a good history of all characters, and get the movie going. He did it with three Guardians of the Galaxy. He did it with a Suicide Squad movie. He did it with a Peacemaker show. He knows how to use an ensemble cast. And I think that's another reason why people aren't worried about there being a larger cast of heroes in this film. But he also has stated multiple times that he wants to build, he wants to have the world established already. The, the DC world is going to be established in this movie. Whereas Superman, the Man of Steel... There is no mention of superheroes prior to the Man of Steel film. There's no mentions. And then come 
Batman vs. Superman. Well, there's a Batman, which there was no mention of, the Man of Steel. Sure, there was a little... Yes, I get there were some Easter eggs, but no real mention. Become Man of Steel, or Batman v Superman. Then there's all of these metahumans. You, you see the difference. There is a difference. But what I'm trying to do here is not push back and say you're wrong and they're right. What I'm trying to do is make you understand their side, their point. Because I'm not trying to say you have to hate BVS. You have to hate what Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder did. You can love it all you want. I do. You need to understand that there is no double standard. There's just a mind, a way of thinking of things. There's just a way. You see James Gunn and what he's done and how he's handled ensemble cast. And we still haven't seen his movie. But then you see BVS and how they, it was very obvious that Warner Brothers wanted to rush and make that big superhero money. There's a big difference. <laughs> I go again, that is the Snyder Bros pushing that, not fans. People are excited to see how it plays out because they are now excited for a new formula. Hence the new era of the genre where we can't hold the films of today to the standards of 10 years ago. Jonah goes, it's not a new formula. Gunn is just making a Marvel movie with a bunch of characters that won't have any substance. But y'all will lose your minds because Superman has red underwear and it has Jimmy Olsen. Okay. I don't believe he's making a Marvel movie. I don't believe he's making a, a DCEU movie either. That's what people don't understand. He's not going to... James Gunn is not going to make the Suicide Squad into a Superman movie. He's not going to make the Superman movie into the Suicide Squad, however you want to say it. It's not going to be a Peacemaker-esque Superman movie. He's not making a Marvelized Superman movie. He's not making a DCAU movie. He is creating a Superman movie. And setting the tone with that. If that makes any sense. He wrote the characters. He's going to allow the actors to create these characters. He's going to allow the movie to set the tone of this universe. But the beauty of it. From the way that he's talked in interviews. The way that he's set up this gods and monsters universe. This first chapter of gods and monsters. We're going to get a Swamp Thing. Do you really think Swamp Thing fits into a Marvel-esque type of formula? Hell, Swamp Thing doesn't even fit in the DCEU formula. You think that that's going to fit in either of those? The Authority... I could see that fitting into a Marvel type of formula, but more of an Eternals type of formula, which Marvel fans did not like. So, yeah, sure. I see what James Gunn is doing. I see that he's doing something very different than the norm right now. And I'm all for it. And I hope that he has success with it. I hope that he does well with it. I hope that that he sticks to it and he doesn't fall victim to 
falling into old habits, but even old habits for him. Guardians of the Galaxy, he was never really held to any Marvel standard because he was outside of the Marvel Universe with that. That first Guardians movie was so detached from the MCU. Same with the second one. The third one was very detached, but it was brought more into the Marvel Universe just because of the interweaving of the MCU between the second and third one with the main storyline. Personally, I, 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 I don't see him doing that. See, and I say making assumptions that it will suck instead of being better than those you claim to have been toxic in 2015-16, you stoop to their level. Why? Because reasons. Instead of doing that, why not show a little class and push hope? You don't need to be excited, though. And that's my point. I say this constantly. You don't need to be excited for what James Gunn is doing. You don't need to sit there and like James Gunn. You don't need to sit there and say, I'm excited. I love James Gunn. James Gunn is the greatest director of all time. But you could sit there and say, you know what? I hope he does well. I don't like the guy. I don't like the movies he's made. But you know what? I like DC characters. I like Superman. I like Batman. I like the DC universe. So I hope, I hope James Gunn does well. I hope he makes something that I like. Does it mean I'm excited? No. But I hope that he makes something I like so I can eventually be excited. So I can enjoy myself in the movie theater again with DC films. What is the problem with that? Why are people so afraid why are Snyder bros so afraid of saying that? It's almost like they forgot the message that their cult leader, Zack Snyder, was teaching you in Man of Steel. Hope. We should all have hope. We should have hope that there will be the best outcome for something that we love, for something that we need, for something that that there is. There's no reason, not a single reason, to sit there and bash James Gunn. There's no reason to sit there and make him the bad guy when he's not the bad guy. He's doing a job. Zack Snyder's Snyderverse ended in 2017. It ended in 2017. 2021 2017 since then i give you this since then it's been a downhill slope for the dceu it has died constantly every movie worse and worse and worse financially look i think some of the movies have been good but that doesn't mean financially they've been great we're now in a new age of DC. There's no reason to sit there and say the new DCU is going to be shit. It's going to be ass. It's stupid. I'm not going to support it because it's going to be crap. Nobody should support it. We should boycott. We should do that. No, there's no reason for that. We should sit there and say, I hope it's good. I hope I can get excited about DC again. I hope that I could go to a theater 
with my popcorn and come out of the theater smiling, wanting to go back in and watch that movie again. That's how we should all be acting right now for the upcoming DCU. That doesn't mean we're excited. That doesn't mean we like James Gunn. That doesn't mean that we love what James Gunn has been doing so far. It doesn't mean that we, we agree with how he's handled everything. But having that hope, that is what we should be having. It makes sense. There's no reason not to have the hope. Jonah, it's not making assumptions. It's based on his filmmaking. I hated his Suicide Squad. The other guys on our podcast also hated it. I'm not a fan of the Marvel formula. The first Guardians was okay. Two was terrible. So based on his films, I'm not convinced. Again, who cares if you're convinced about his previous films? This is one movie he's making. Writing and directing. He's going to be producer on the other movies. He might help write. He might direct later on. But this, we know for a fact, he's writing and directing. Why not have hope? Why not have hope? It's that simple. James Gunn has uh, made more than $2.6 billion in the box office with his movies. Six movies total that he's directed completely. He made $2.6 billion. Jonas says that was during the Marvel's Marvel superhero boom. Can we really give him credit when he was just on the Marvel ship? Remember, Captain Marvel made a billion and that movie was trash. Your role's not mine. Oh, you're right. That was during the Marvel superhero boom. But yes, we can absolutely give him credit because we have proof that it wasn't just a fluke for him. Well, Guardians 1 and 2 were absolutely during the big boom, 20, what, 2014 and 2017, 16, 17. His third installment, which just came out last year, earlier this year, I should say, has been the best superhero movie. I know people are going to come at me for this, but it has been the best superhero movie that has released in the last 24 months. It is. Financially, no. I think the Batman beats it out. Financially. But financially, in the last year, it's the best superhero film. And then he had the best, you know, widely critically praised holiday special last year for Guardians of the Galaxy. So yeah, sure. He benefited from it. But you know what else? They would have done just fine on their own because he's proven he can make good movies. So no, it isn't a double standard. We are not sitting here making a double standard for DCU versus DCEU. There, it was a different time, and I don't care what anybody says. You could sit there and say all you want. You can't say that. You can't say that. You can't say it was a different time because that's just. It's a double standard. You can't you can't say that. It's just convenient for you. You can say that about anything. Movies change. Audience opinions change. And that's something that it's just something that happens. 
take a look at how over decades, over generations, Westerns were big. Then you had crime dramas. Then you had the, the big action films. And then you had the, you know, your superhero movies. You had your rom-coms. You had, you have these, everything kind of moves in a, in a cyclical way in some, we're going to come back to Westerns at some point. It's what happens. So yes, you can absolutely say, look, 10, 15 years ago, the audiences wanted something completely different than they want today. 10, 15 years ago, those goofy Marvel films, formulaic Marvel films, that's what the audience wanted. But today they don't want that. I wholeheartedly agree that if Zack Snyder's Man of Steel didn't release until 2023, 2023, it would be a billion dollar movie. Batman v Superman, billion dollar movie. Zack Snyder's Justice League, billion dollar movie. Or a roundabout. They'd be successful. Because I think that's what fans want to see. The audience wants to see. Does that mean James Gunn's going to struggle? No. No. Because I don't think he's going to give us the Marvel formula. But I don't think he's going to give us the DCEU formula. I don't think he's going to give us the Snyderverse formula either. But he's going to give us a formula. He's going to give us a, a, a franchise, a his own spin on the genre. He's going to give us something I think that is going to be enjoyable. Again, I don't think it's going to be as big, as large as the Marvel Cinematic Universe was. I don't think we're going to see that for a long time. A long time. We're not. But we should not be holding the superhero films to that standard right now because we're past that. A movie in 2016 that made a billion dollars today would probably make seven fifty, eight fifty. That's what we should be looking at. That eight fifty, nine hundred million dollar mark at most, that's gonna be the billion dollar now movies early early prediction the camera hasn't even rolled yet we haven't seen one image one iota for superman legacy not a single thing besides casting superman legacy 680 680 million dollars that's what i see Six eighty. What was uh, Man of Steel's box office? Let's take a look. Six sixty-eight. So it would be that Man of Steel. It would be that Man of Steel. That would make that would make Snyder Bros very very angry. <laughs> it made six seventy. So it just just beat it by 10 million dollars i will say this i man of steel i say this all you know it is to me to this day the number one the best superhero origin movie to ever come out but 
as much as I love to see it, you know, be the number one Superman movie grossing, um, I we need to see Legacy, not to see the DCU continue, just because if Superman Legacy does even a dollar less than Man of Steel, the Snyder Bros would not let that down, and I will want to punch them all in the face <laughs> it'll be so annoying so annoying no all right well that's the show i figured it'd be a short one because it was just me uh but yeah I, I wanted to get something out there today i just wanted to uh get some show out this week i know it's late just need to get something out there next week Back to our normal, normal show stuff. Hopefully, hopefully, I don't know. Normal Thursday show next week, guys. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, smash that like button, smash that subscribe, hit that like button. I never remember which way to say that. People, I don't know. Do it. Do it some way. Oh, yeah. I got this thing, too. What if the Obi-Wan Kenobi show didn't suck? This one's for you, Triton. Uh, go find this video. Virgin Geekdoms presents What if the Obi-Wan Kenobi show didn't suck? Show's a hit, guys. People love it. Got some great comments. Go check it out. It's a fun, fun little project I did. I'm working on another one now that Snyder fans may enjoy. Um, I just started writing it up the other day. So... Should be fun. All right, guys. Uh, with all that said, I guess I will talk at all of you later. And uh, yeah, happy late Thanksgiving. Get ready for Christmas. It's a time of year. I want to come up with a Christmas special, I think, this year. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah.